Good evening. Today is August 3rd, 2018, and this is the 69th MRE podcast. Great to be live. Great to be doing live stream today. It's the end of the week, and I am not sure how you're feeling at the end of a long week. But for me, uh, Fridays are always really good,、uh, especially because I take Fridays off. Meaning that I try not to do anything work-related until sundown, and、uh, it's just been good. It's been good to take care of things at home, fixed、uh, fixed up my car,、uh, went out and worked out,、um, did some PT. That's something that I've been doing,、uh, fixing my knee and things like that. Anyway, so. It was good. It was really good to、uh, just unplug for a little bit and rest. And so,、uh, for me, I always look forward to Friday、uh, each week and looking forward to that. But also looking forward to finishing this week with the third live stream. I think that's enough for intro. So let me pray for us and jump into Leviticus chapter fourteen, and、uh, and I think we can cover probably six to. Uh, eight chapters today, so I think we're 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 gonna make it、uh, very close to the end of the book. So let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can read your word, and also we can delight in your word. God, I pray that you open our eyes. That even though this is. Technical and there's a lot of things that we don't really fully comprehend because we we never seen a sacrificial system, we never seen these laws played out or or even our world is so different. Yet, God, I pray that the Spirit of God will open our eyes and help us to understand the insights and the conviction, the promises that you have made, so that we have. Deeper communion with you, so thank you for what you have done. Thank you for making a way for us to step into the throne room of grace. God, speak to our hearts. We love you. We thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So before we dive into chapter fourteen, which is where are where we're resuming this week,、um, I have a the overview video that we showed. And just want to show where we are at before we dive in. Is that now we are、uh, in the chapter fourteen, which is the end of the purity. So this is the purity right here. You see that, and then it's going to go into another purity. But remember, it's chapter sixteen and seventeen. It's going to be very crucial. This is the law of day of atonement, and it's very important to. Understand the significance of that, and it's the reason why it's in a chiastic. That's a technical term, but is because、uh, the ways that the ritual law, the priesthood law, and the purity law, and it's going to go back purity, priesthood, ritual. But this day of atonement is where you see God's grace and mercy in the most clearest way. And so this is why this is so important. So, with that said,、uh, let's dive into chapter fourteen, which is today's starting chapter. All right, chapter fourteen. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "This shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of his cleansing. 
He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out to the camp, and the priest shall look. Then if the case of leper's disease is healed in the leper's person, the priest shall command them to take to take for him who is to be cleansed to to live clean clean cleanse to live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hip soap. And the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earth, earthenware vessel over fresh water. He shall take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hip soap and dip them and the live bird. It's a live, live clean birds. I, I don't know why I was getting so confused. And the light bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed of the leprous disease. Then he shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into the open field. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair, bathe himself in water, and he shall be clean. And after that, he may come into the camp, but live outside his tent seven days. And on the seventh day, he shall shave off all his hair from his head, his beard, his eyebrows. He shall shave off all his hair, and then he shall wash his clothes, bathe his body in water. He shall be clean. And on the eighth day, he shall take two male lambs without blemish and one ewe lamb, a year old without blemish, and a grain offering of three tenths of the ephah of fine flour mixed with oil and one log of oil. And the priest who cleanses him shall set the man who is to be cleansed and these things before the Lord. At the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the priest shall take one of the male lambs and offer it for a guilt offering, along with the log of oil, and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall kill the lamb in the place where they kill the sin offering and the burnt offering, in the place of the sanctuary for the guilt offering. Like the sin offering belongs to the priest, it is most holy. The priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering, and the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest shall take some of the log of oil, pour it into the palm of his own left hand, and dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, sprinkle some oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. And some of the oil that remains in his hand, the priest shall put on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, on the big toe of his right foot, on top of the blood of the guilt offering, and the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed. Then the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. The priest shall offer the sin offering to make atonement for him who is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. Unclean, and afterward, he shall kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. Thus, the priest shall make atonement for him and he shall be clean. But if he is poor and cannot offer so much, then he shall take one male lamb for a guilt offering to be waived to make atonement for him. And the tenth of an ephah of of a fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering and a log of oil. Also two do turtle doves or two pigeons, whichever he can afford. 
The one shall be a sin offering, the other a burnt offering, and on the eighth day he shall bring them for his cleansing to the priest to the entrance tent of the meeting before the Lord. And the priest shall take the lamb of the guilt offering, the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall kill the lamb of the guilt offering. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand, on the big toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand and shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before the Lord. And the priest shall put some of the oil that is in his hand on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand on the big toe and of his right foot in the place where the blood of the guilt offering was put and the rest of the oil that is in priest's hand he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed to make atonement for him before the lord and he shall offer of the t turtle doves or pigeons whichever he can afford one for a sin offering the other for a burnt offering along with a grain offering and the priest shall make atonement before the lord for him who is to be cleansed this is the law for him in whom is a case of leprous disease who cannot afford the offerings for his cleansings? The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, I put a case of leprous disease in a house in the land of possession. Then he who owns a house shall come and tell the priest, There seems to be, to be some case of disease in my house. Then the priest shall come command that they empty the house before the priest goes to examine the disease, lest all that is in the house be declared unclean and afterward the priest shall go in to see the house wow this is like a olden day way of quarantine except this is what god is doing for them this is exactly what quarantine looks like right like everything gets infected so they are trying to limit that through this law so practical and he shall examine the disease, and if the disease in the walls of the house with greenish-reddish spots, and if it appears to be deeper than the surface. Wow, they're, the priests are not even like, they're not just doctors. They are also uh, like a world, what, what are they called? Or the CDC control for disease, you know those people? They're like detectives. Then the priest shall go out of the house of the door of the house, shut up, shut up the house seven days, and the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look if the disease has spread in the walls of the house. Then the priest shall command what they take out, the stones in which is a disease, and throw them into an unclean place out of, outside the city. And he shall have the inside of his house scraped all around, and the plaster that they scrape off they shall pour out in in an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones, put them in the place of those stones and he shall take other plasters and plaster the house if the disease breaks out again in the house after he has taken on the stone to scrape the house and plastered it then the priest shall go and look and if the disease has spread in the house it is a persistent leprous disease in the house it is unclean and he shall break down the house whoa the priest is now a demolitionist wow but it makes sense its stones and timber, all the plaster of the house, he shall carry them out to, out of the city to an unclean place. Moreover, whoever enters the house while it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening. Whoever sleeps in the house shall wash his clothes. Whoever eats in the house shall wash his clothes. 
But if the priest comes and looks, and if the disease has not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, for the disease is healed. And for the cleansing of the house, he shall take two small burrs with cedar wood and scarlet yarn, hip soap, and shall kill one of the burrs in an earthenware vessel over fresh water and shall take the cedar wood and the hip soap and the scarlet yarn along with the live bird and dip them in the blood of the bird that was killed in the fresh water and sprinkle the house seven times thus he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the fresh water with the live bird with the cedar wood and hip soap and scarlet yarn and he shall let the live bird go out of the city into the open country so he shall make atonement for the house it shall be clean that's new that even an atonement for the house i um i don't fully understand why that's interesting i want to look into that later and this is when you take a pencil and make a note here in your bible and it's okay to write into your Bible. I mean, it's your Bible. This is a law for any case of leprous disease, for itch, for leprous disease, the garment, or in a house, for a swelling or an eruption or a spot to show when it is unclean, when it is clean. This is a law for leprous disease. Well, um, that concludes the four, uh, three sections of ritual priesthood and purity oh no i'm sorry i'm sorry we're missing the last one chapter 15 okay well one more chapter and this is the graphic chapter actually that talks about a lot of bodily discharges here we go this is straight up in the bible Chapter 15, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when any man has a discharge from his body, his body, his discharge is unclean. Remember, and this is again, before the time of understanding what uh, STDs are. If, you're, if you don't know what STDs are, uh, look it up in, on, in Google and you're going to see a lot of unclean bodily discharges. And this is a law for his uncleanness for a discharge. Whether his body runs with his, his discharge or his body is blocked up by his discharge, it is his, his uncleanness. Every bed on which the one with discharge lies shall be unclean and everything on which he sits shall be unclean. You know, I just also remember that not necessarily has to be STDs. This could be even a pus, you know, like infection. That could become a discharge. Okay, this is kind of kind of getting gross here. And anyone who touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whoever sits on anything on which the one with the discharge has sat shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whoever touches the body of the one with discharge shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And if the one with the discharge spits on someone who is clean, then he shall wash his clothes, bathe himself in water, be unclean until the evening. And any saddle on which the one with discharge rise shall be unclean, and whoever touches anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. 
And whoever carries such things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water. I'm sorry. I, I had a meal uh, close to late today and drank a lot of water. And when you speak a lot, it's big no-no. That's why, you know, before I preach or teach, do anything public stuff, I, I don't like to eat food before for like three hours. Verse 11. Anyone whom the one with a discharge touches without having rinsed his hands in water shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And an earthenware vessel that the one with a discharge touches shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when the one with a discharge cleanse of his discharge, then he shall count for him seven days for his uh cleansing and wash his clothes and he shall bathe his body and fresh water shall be clean and on the eighth day he shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons and come before the lord to the entrance of the tent of meeting and give them to the priests and the priest shall use them one for sin offering and the other for burnt offering and the priest shall make atonement for him before the lord for his discharge if a man has an emission of semen, he shall bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until the evening. And every garment, every skin on which the semen comes shall be uh, washed with water and be unclean until the evening. If a man lies with a woman, has an emission of semen, both of them shall bathe him themselves in water and be un unclean until the evening. When a woman has a discharge and a discharge in her body's blood, she shall be in her menstrual impurity for seven days and whoever touches her shall be unclean until the evening and everything on which she lies during the her menstrual impurity shall be unclean everything also on which she sits shall be unclean and whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening whoever touches anything on which she sits shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water be unclean until the evening whether it is the bed or anything on which she sits when he touches it he shall be unclean until the evening and if any man lies with her her menstrual impurity comes upon him. He shall be unclean seven days, and every bed on which he shall he lies shall be unclean. If a woman has a discharge of, of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all the days of the discharge she shall continue in uncleanness. As in the days of her impurity, she shall be unclean. Every bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge shall be, shall be to her as a bed of impurity. Everything on which she sits shall be unclean as in the uncleanness clean, of her menstrual impurity. And whoever touches these things shall be unclean, shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, be unclean until the evening. But if she is cleansed of her discharge, shall, she shall count for herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. And on the eighth they shall take she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons bring them to the priest to the entrance of the tent of meeting and the priest shall use one of the sin offering and the uh, other for burnt offering and the priest shall make atonement for her before the lord for unclean discharge thus you shall keep the people of israel separate from their uncleanness lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle that is in their midst this is a law for him who has a discharge for him who has an emission of semen becoming unclean thereby also for who is unwell with her menstrual impurity that is for anyone male or female who has a discharge for the man who lies with a woman who is unclean i'm 
hoping that you're keep hearing the the repeated word that I'm keep saying, which is unclean. Now, I know that I'm sure there's a there's a reason why God has put such a specific technical things, um, and that could be even to stop uh, sexually transmitted diseases across the board, um, or it could be just for uh, uh, health and um, what's that word? Yeah, like health and sterile, uh, sterile. Yeah, cleanliness, like just of any sort of bacteria, whatever, whatever not. But the the sad reality is that there's so many things that could come in contact with you that could make you unclean. And there's this overall theme of how sin has destroyed many things where in order for them to enter into the pure the holiness of god to approach uh his place remember that's the overarching theme of people not able to go into the tabernacle that was set for uh, at the end of exodus so that's kind of the main point it's not so much of all these things which are important but this constant reminder of like you're unclean you are not worthy before god um and so now this concludes the three sections on all these laws for ritual priesthood the purity um and now we're going to go into this day of atonement because this is the climax of how now the israelites can enter into the presence of god this one day, this special day. Chapter 16. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two sons of Aaron when they drew near before the Lord and died because they were unclean. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. But in this way, Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen undergarment on his body. And he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban these are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water, then put them on, and he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering, one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it. And it may be sent away in the wilderness to Azazel. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself 
and he shall take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small, and he shall bring it inside the veil, and put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony, so that he does not die. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side. In, the, in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people, bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat in the in front of the mercy seat. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness. Here we go, right? Because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel. No matter all the things that they try to follow, they just still not clean. They're not worthy. Because of their transgression, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness, uncleanness. No one may in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself, for his house, for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times and uh, cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the people of Israel. And when he has made an end of atonement for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the, and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel, all their transgressions, all their sins. He shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away in the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in the readiness the goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there and he shall bathe his body in the water in a holy place and put on his garments and come out and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar and he who lets the goat go to Azazel shall wash his clothes, bathe his body in the water. And afterward he may come into the camp and the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place shall be carried outside the camp their skin their flesh their dung shall be burned up with fire and he who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water and afterward he may come into the camp and it shall be a statute to you forever that in the seventh month on the tenth day of the month you shall afflict yourselves uh or another word esv has a helpful footnote because I'm like, what does that mean? You shall afflict yourselves or shall fast. So a sense of mourning, um, fasting, and shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. Man, this is such a key that 
that they will be clean before the Lord from all their sins, you know, uh, by doing the Day of Atonement, that they're forgiven, all of them, everything. Because, uh, and we see this in the book of Hebrews, it's not that the blood of goat or blood of the bull or the burning, all that has power, but it's their faith of trusting God's system, their obedience that accredits them righteousness. So I hope you, you see that. So ultimately, it's God's mercy and grace. It's not just this animal that is dying in place for you. No, um, it's God saying you shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. And because you believe that and you took steps of faith because of that, you're accredited righteous. You can read more about that in the book of Hebrews. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you. You shall afflict yourselves in a statute forever. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated as priest in his father's place shall make atonement, wearing the holy linen garments. He shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tent of meeting and for the altar. And he shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. And this shall be a statute forever for you, that atonement may be made for the people of Israel once in the year, because of all their sins and Aaron did as the Lord commanded Moses another key key sentence at the end of that chapter that they did as the Lord commanded Moses beautiful beautiful uh, well let's uh, read chapter 17 I think we still got time and we might get started on the next three sections and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, to all the people of Israel, and say to them, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. If any one of you, any, uh, any one of the house of Israel, kills an ox or lamb or goat in the camp, or kills it outside the camp, and does not bring it into the entrance of the tent of meeting to offer it as a gift to the Lord in front of the tabernacle of the Lord, blood guilt shall be imputed to that man. He has shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people. This is to the end that the people of Israel may bring their sacrifices that they sacrifice in the open field, that they may bring them to the Lord, to the priests at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and sacrifice them and sacrifices of peace offerings to the Lord. And the priest shall throw the blood on the altar of the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and burn the fat for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So they shall no more sacrifice their sacrifices to goats, demons after whom they whore this shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations this is very interesting in verse 7 it talks about that they are sacrificing the goat demons um it's interesting because again this helps us understand that there are sacrificial theocratic world like they're in this this is okay so what i'm trying to say is let's say the the law was written in our context in our day and age um i just i mean in my creative thinking i wonder how it, how the ways that god would um bring down the commandments would fit into our culture does that make sense so 
for example, right? A lot of the things that God is instructing them do, to do is in line with what that cultural people understand, like sacrificing animals. This was part of their culture and the worldview that you sacrifice to gods, right? They're multiple gods. Yet Israelites were told that there's only one God, one Elohim, whose name is Yahweh. Uh, and, and that's the beauty here, right? And so it's, it's very fascinating that, again, in verse 7, it says, So they shall no more, no more sacrifice their sacrifice to go demons after whom they whore. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations. Verse 8, And you shall say to them, Any one of the house of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn among them who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice and does not bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting to offer it to the Lord, that man shall be cut off from his people. If any one of the house of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn among them eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Therefore, I have said to the people of Israel, no person among you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger who sojourns among you uh, among you eat blood, anyone also of the people of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn among them, who takes in hunting any beasts or birds or bird that may be eaten shall pour out its blood and cover it with earth, cover it with earth for the life of every creature is its blood. Its blood is its life. This is very interesting. Therefore, I have said to the people of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any creature. For the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. And every person who eats it who dies of itself or what is torn by beasts, whether he is a native or a sojourner, shall wash his clothes, bathe himself in water, be unclean until the evening, then he shall be clean. But if he does not wash them or bathe his flesh, he shall bear his iniquity. Now, I'm actually really curious to look at the background commentary on these things. I bet there were cultural things, uh, misunderstanding what the blood represents, and people drinking blood uh, and using blood in a certain way that God is saying, that's not right. And I'm going to call you to a different standard and help you understand the significance of blood. Um, and of course, this also connects to the covenant, right? That God, God um, shows through his son's blood, Jesus' blood, and how even Jesus then says it, it, he institutionalized the Lord's Supper where we're drinking his blood, we are eating of his flesh, um, and there's, there's a whole thing I can say about that, right? But again, there, there is this connection throughout scripture that we're beginning to see. Um, and there's a significance of this blood that, 
uh, is important to note and see how that connects. Okay. Um, wow. It's already 9.50. You know, instead of starting a new section, okay, uh, next Monday, let's finish the book of Leviticus. I think we can finish it. Actually, let's see how many pages it is. Okay. Perhaps not. <laughs> Actually, no way. There's no way we can finish it uh, unless I don't pause at all next Monday and just just read super fast um then we can finish it but i don't want to do that i think there's value in slowing down and chewing and eating and digesting uh on and on and on so well um that's it this is the word of the lord and thanks be to god Thanks for joining us, and uh, I I want to apologize again about the internet. You know, funny thing, this week I've been listening to a podcast by the Bible Project on spiritual warfare, and the funniest thing, maybe it's not funny, maybe it might uh, be scary for some of you, but the interesting thing is that my internet is fine, like. I was watching things fine, but as soon as I decide to go live stream, as soon as I decide to read God's word, guess what? The internet goes up and down. And even so, I was kind of, when that was happening in the beginning of the live stream, I said, man, this is kind of discouraging. Like I was excited about reading the word and the internet's going in and out. And that's when the Lord actually reminded me, just, just pray. Okay, instead of giving up, uh, right i was discouraged to just say you know what i'm not gonna live stream because the internet doesn't work i said lord help me lord if it's your will to read your word today defend the devil <laughs> the internet devil from interrupting and, and guess what the internet came back and we're able to read god's word together so praise god for his army the the heavenly hosts that protects us that goes before us that fights for us and that uh I'm, I'm grateful that the word of god could go forward and impact anyone who listens to it so thank you for joining us thanks for uh all those who tuned in and also for those who tune in later want to say god bless you and on monday next week i'll try not to eat and drink lots of water beforehand so that i'm not having these reflexes but thanks for putting up with me and i hope you have a wonderful weekend enjoy your sunday uh, service with your church communities uh, i i'm always looking for sunday to worship with my church family uh, looking forward to listening to god's word that the Lord has prepared through a speaker or pastor. Um, yeah, so I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. Continue to read through the word over the weekend. I've been reading the New Testament um, on my own for my devotional. And it's been really good to, again, see that connection. All right. God bless. And I'll see you guys next week on Monday. Bye-bye.